XOMG, and welcome back to the Siwa Scoop. Siwa's Dance Pop Revolution. I'm Holly Borquez. And I'm Vanessa Knowles. And we are back with episode two. We had so much fun doing episode one. We can't wait to do the second one. Oh, episode two was juicy, and we can't wait to give you the scoop. We've got some major scoops coming up, you guys, so stay tuned. Not only are we recapping these episodes, but... Um, we have we have some intel too to share with you some inside scoop. So let's jump into this episode, and then in the mid the midst of it, we will you know share some give you the tea some scoop. Yeah. Okay. So we start out with the girls. You know they're having some downtime. They're swimming at the pool um, at their hotel, and they're vibing. Some of them are vibing. One of the mothers is not liking the way the other moms are talking about the competition. Mm-hmm. Um, they're kind of picking apart the fact that they got fourth place. And they're saying, we could have done better. When you fall out of turns, you get points deducted. And this mom was just feeling, she's like, I thought that fourth was pretty good. Like, what's the problem with that? Like, why are we being so negative? And she even called the other moms... Um, Mean Girls. This is um, Lele's mom, Rebecca. She just was like, she's like, I thought they did great. Yeah. Which, Rebecca, they're from a small town, and I think she was just super happy. I, I think that she's realistic, and she was like, look, you threw these girls in there with very little prep time, with all different ages and all different abilities, and they got fourth place. Like, let's be happy. Yeah. And I think, I mean... From my experience of being, Veronica uh, being on competition teams, there's always two types of parents. There, there are the parents that are like this, that are like, that was so good. And then there's the ones that are like, I don't know, I thought the lines were crooked, something was off, you know, so there's always, there's two types for sure. Yeah. I think part of the problem was that the other moms were, that were talking about it were the moms of the stronger dancers and they were very clearly trying to play some blame, you know, when they're like, well, people fall out of turns. It's obvious that they're, they're talking, talking technical somebody. Yeah. Um, and it's probably not their own kid. Cause you know, we're all a little biased when it comes to our own kids, mm-hmm. but we forgot to mention that at the pool party, there was one mom missing. Yes. One mom is missing. Um, they said, they mentioned that they sent a group text and we're like, everybody, head down to the pool, but um, Caroline and, and Emily, Emily were missing. They were a no-show. And Angie, who is Lay, Lay, what's her name? Leah. Leah's mom. I said, I always like want to call her Layton yeah, it's, because it's, it's spelled, spelled that way. Yeah. Yes. So anyway, she's like, I, you know, texted her mom the invitation to come to the pool and she was, she confided in me that they left And so she's holding this secret, sitting there talking to everyone and acting like she doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, and then we see on the screen, um, Jess tells the audience, like those of us who are watching, that um, Caroline took Emily in the middle of the night and they took off. And so, uh, I don't know, that's a little sketchy to me. Um, So as a director, has anyone ever done that to you? Like straight up, like right before a performance pieced out? Yeah, yeah, it's happened. And it's, it's super unsettling. Um, and it's one of those things where I think people do it for a lot of different reasons, but oftentimes it's done out of like anger or embarrassment. Um, and sometimes it's meant to prove a point to the director, but really the people that it hurts are the other performers because it, it, it kind of rattles everyone, you know, like 
they really like build this chemistry and this vibe with each other and that really controls the way that they sort of perform on stage and so that when one person just sort of disappears without saying anything it's it's a weird morale like it just it feels weird it changes the whole vibe of everything that's happening I felt like they kind of tried to touch on that like I felt it watching I could tell that it really affected Kinley and her mom they talk about it in their confessional she's like I'm really worried like she was worried about how Emily was feeling and yeah. how Caroline was feeling like you know what happened I thought that was kind of them um, but then on the other side like Jess and Jojo talking about it like they seemed like truly hurt by it and I, I think I'm sure that Jess put a lot of you know time into putting this together like you said and to have that ripped apart is like a bummer yeah I mean I've cast shows before where a person is unhappy with the role that they got and so they just no show they don't accept the role they don't show up um, and in those situations when you've put so much time and energy into casting something and you've like basically overlooked another kid or, or passed up another kid to give this kid an opportunity and then they just kind of decline it. It is a slap in the face. So I totally understand where Jess and Jojo were coming from, especially because I'm sure Emily and Caroline didn't know this part, but we know as the audience that um, Emily was a favorite. Like they really, really liked her. They were super invested in her. Well, and Jess like- was like really excited about her and then they just took off. And all the promo work that they had to do for this. Like, she's on all of the pictures. Like, she's, like, to just peace out after episode two or, you know, whatever. that's what we see of episode two. Probably hours of filming. Like, that's, yikes. Yeah, it was week two, basically. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, total bummer. Um, I really liked Emily, so I was sad to see her go. I wanted to see more. I wanted to get to know her better. I liked Emily, but her mom came across as being just a little bit odd. And, of course, this is only what we see on TV. Right. Caroline, I'm not judging you. Um, But from what I could tell, I feel like with Emily's resume and the things that she's done and the work that she's done, that they should be used to sort of the competitive nature of the industry. And I really felt like she was not okay with Emily being on the air quote bottom. Um, And then what did you think about when – Jojo was retelling the story. She didn't say her mom was upset. She said her dad. And she said that she had to get on the phone to tell her dad, no, she's a favorite. Like, it's this is okay. Yeah. So I just think maybe, like, it's just something that they're they're not used to or not okay with. Um, I don't know. But after doing a little bit of research, um, my daughter actually did some research and found out that Emily's on a Broadway show. Um, she is currently on, um, Broadway for Music Man. Okay. So just with the timing of everything and how that all worked out, there is some suspicious timing there. And I think that maybe this was an opportunity that was sort of looming in the shadows. And when things weren't going the way that they had hoped with the JoJo show, they were like, well, there's this other opportunity. We have to jump on it. And so, you know. I wonder if it also was just coming down to the dancing was really hard for her or something. And she was like, she would just felt more comfortable in that, in the Broadway genre. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, she's super cute. She's super talented. She's done Broadway before. She's She's been posting a lot of like dancing things. She's still dancing. She was on the tour. I just, I don't know if it were my kid. I'm not, I'm it would be, I'm not sure that I would pass up 
this opportunity for another, um, especially when it's so public, um, you know, and, and they had to have known how it was going to be spun. Like if she truly did. Yeah. In the middle of the night. I wonder, I wonder how that's go. I, I'm wondering how social media and like feedback is going for all of them, you know, cause that's so interesting and it's so hard. Um, yeah, I, I just, I wonder what sort of feedback she's getting and how that will affect her. Well, we will see. Hopefully Emily, you're doing well out there. Good luck on music, man. We're excited to hear about it. Um, but yeah, that was just an interesting choice by her mother in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. So after all of that, the, um, the girls all go to Jojo's house. They meet over there and, um, just lets them know that Jojo will be teaching them a new dance, um, by Megan Trainer, And, um, yeah, so they start learning the combo and, they go outside and Jess lets them know, I want you guys to bling out your outfits and like show me your personality. So she has all these accessories and like jackets and stuff of how they can dress themselves. And so that was interesting to see like all the kids dress themselves and what they thought, you know, looked good and stuff. I liked that. Yeah, that was cute. Um, okay. So, oh, and um, Jess also says that if a girl feels good and – their costume, they're going to do better on stage. What do you think about that? Uh, 100%. 100%. Um, I always try to make sure that we have super fun costumes for our kids. And, you know, there are some directors that will fight tooth and nail for a certain look. But the truth is, is if a kid is super uncomfortable, they're not going to pull it out on stage. So especially for, like, solo and duet and those kinds of costumes, I usually kind of let the kid lead or the mom. Um, and then I try to pick just really fun costumes and get the kids super excited about all of our group number costumes. And so far, so good. There's always going to be like one or two kids that aren't like over the moon stoked about it. But I feel like if the majority of the group is excited about it, you can get everyone excited about it. And plus, like with these girls getting to wear things that are likely inspired or like designed by Jojo Siwa, I mean, I don't think they can really go wrong. Like, they, these costumes are amazing. I know. I was watching it back. I was. I watched, like, I think I watched all three episodes again. And I'm looking at the costumes and I'm like, this is insane. Like, when they're at the competitions, like, you can see the people in the crowd with just their mouth open. Because it's like, how can you compete with, like, freaking Team JoJo coming in? Yeah. You know, it's just like. You know those jackets and stuff cost, like, $1,000 each, if not more. They're, like. They're so super, super blinged crazy. out. Yes. And the amount of glitter and stuff that is like blowing on that stage, you can see it. Like they must have to do a big sweep after they're done. Yeah. Um, okay. So Jess announces that this week they're going to do something a little different. They want to go to competition and win. Like that's their goal. So she has the idea of that she's going to do the Fab Five with her top five best dancers that will give her the best chance to get first place. So she announces... Yeah, it's the five technical dancers. Yes. And Haley just read me all those names. Where are they? Okay, so the fab five are Kinley, Leah, Bella, Tatum, and Kaya. And um, so the other ones that who that are not picked are like kind of sad. And she's like, okay, normally those kids that aren't picked would like... They, not get to dance. Yeah, like that's the 
that's how that's how casting works. You don't get picked. You go home like you're dismissed or right. whatever. But she said that she really wants to like she's not giving up on them, which I think is so cool because I definitely think there's gonna be some prizes, some surprises out of these ones that she's not picking that aren't technical dancers and. I think she's really trying to prove that point. So the Sassy 7, she is um, looking to work with the um, the vocal coach and record something and just highlight a different, you know, if dancing isn't their strong suit, let's see if singing is. So for that, she asked Kinley, uh, Leah, and Kaya to do two dances this week. She wants to put the pressure on them because that's how it goes when you're on tour. You need to rapidly learn routines, switch things up. And she, these are her front runners and she's going to put the pressure on them. And Jojo was saying like you would win, you would learn way more songs to go on tour. Yes. Um, and then the other three are tiny T Brooklyn, Dallas, and Lele that are making up the sassy seven. Yes. So, um, and again, I think yeah, this is two days to comp, so they're it's, they're under the gun again. That is so fast. Can you imagine? No, I I you know even back in the day when I would watch Dance Moms, I was like, and they, the girls would complain on TV. They're like, a lot of people get to do their routines for a year. I remember I was like, oh, but now seeing how much like uh, these routines need a year, they it's really a lot of work. do. Like Ronnie's getting ready to go to a, a dance competition next weekend, and. It looks okay, but, like, it's going to look better at the end of the competition season versus this first one. Like yeah. It's- we start our season in January, and I feel like everything sort of falls into into place by May. But we start working on the actual numbers in September. Yeah. So it's, like, September to May before you get to really see it come to life in the way that I originally envisioned them. Yeah. So, yeah, they all start working on it. Tensions are high at that point. Like, the moms are blinging. Everybody's just a little bit... I feel like they're still a little tense because of everything that had happened with Emily. And they're just trying to get ready for this competition in yeah. two days. Yes. Um, oh, my gosh. Okay, so... Let's see. What are we doing? Okay. So they go to the studio. They start working. And um, yeah, the tensions are high, just like you mentioned. And right away, we kind of get, we burst that little tension bubble by Angie, who I feel like every time there's like some drama, she's the one who is stepping up to the plate and bringing it. (laughs) Um, So she's like, so... um, Actually, I think it was Jess that mentioned it. But this Jess, Jess was like, you know... Okay, let's get to work. But you know, there are two girls with the same look. So she brought yeah, it up. She brought it in, like while they were blinging. She just happened to mention, you know, like we do have to keep in mind that we have two girls that look the same, and in casting, like that's not something that would would happen. And then like, she just like two girls that are the same, and then she walks. Out. She walks away, and so Angie brings up. She's like, "Well, how do you feel about that? Like, what does that feel like?" To she's like, "I'm glad my daughter's not blonde." <laughs> Poor Angie. She's like. I don't know. I don't know if she's like a potster or if she just is one of those people that's she just kind of has to be in the middle of everything. She's super blunt and it just yeah. comes out. Like I, I She's also southern, right? Like, yeah. So she's just you know, like, I was actually not feeling it. Like I was like, I, I wasn't liking some of the way she was handling things, but she redeems her. She comes back around 
And I'm not not a fan of her. So I, I'm still I'm still with you, Angie. Okay, so I just think I think she's a lot, but I I like her. I think she's good for the show. Me too. Me too. I I like I enjoy you know. She's, I en- she's a good old like like I don't want to Texas mama. Yeah, like. I don't want to just see them them blinging. Like I want to know what they're really thinking, and I want to hear when they're nervous. Yeah. And you my know. favorite is she's always like in, in her hotel room scenes. She's always doing the stretches with Leah or doing the vocal exercises with Leah, and yeah. she's like coaching her. Um, so it's like she's very. She reminds me of a pageant mom. Yes. Yeah. You know? Um, okay, so we find out from Tracy in this moment, like this is when she like kind of talks about how um, Kaya and her mom, Charity, are kind of like biting her Instagram style. And she's like, I've asked people if I'm crazy, like, or like if I'm like thinking this is weird. And then they show a side by side photo. And Kinley is in a little blue dress, and then, like, literally, like, a couple days later, Kaya's in the exact same dress. With the same hairdo. And, like, same pose. Yeah. And she was like, I'll buy her a jacket, and then they'll ask us where I got it, and I'll say H&M, and then two days later, they have the jacket. And then I think that's when Angie says, isn't that when she says, like, you don't have the monopoly on H&M and pigtails? Yeah, which is true. Um... Now, I don't know how I feel about this because I feel like um, I have, like, kind of dealt with this with Ronnie where I have felt a little bit of this. But I feel like Kinley stands out so much and I feel like she has such her own style that I wouldn't be bothered if I was her. Like, I really feel like she's standing on her own and, of course, people are going to copy her. So, I don't know. TBD on, on the whole rivalry there. Yeah, it's hard. I think that, I think Kenley's mom, what's her name? Um, her Tracy. name. Tracy. Tr- yes. I think Tracy's point is a relevant one. I think she, she's saying they're letting us know that there can't be two of them. Like they cannot, they're not going to cast two of them that are exactly the same. So why are we trying to make them exactly the same? Yeah. And so I think she's like, I think this she is was kind of our sh- style, and now she keeps coming in with the same style. And she Jess was trying just saying to say, she's not going to cast them both. Yeah, so like you should do something different. She but was, it doesn't come across that way. Totally. She, all, that's all she was saying is one of us need to kind of switch it up, and it's not fair to either one to say that they have to change. And I think that's the tone she was taking, but it just it didn't work. Yeah. And um, uh, Kaya's mom ended up straight up walking away. Like she just like like excused oh yeah, she herself really from upset. from the combo. I think she felt a little bit attacked. And what's interesting is when I was watching it, Kaya seems so much older than Kinley, and so I kept thinking like, why would Kaya even want to be like like yes. Kinley? But they're not. They're 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 a year one's apart. One's ten and one's eleven. That's the biggest thing that that keeps that I keep on like swirling back on is. Jess keeps mentioning that she's one of the youngest ones, which I guess technically there's an eight-year-old and then it jumps to a 10-year-old, but... There's several 10-year-olds, though. Yeah, and she... But I feel like because she keeps on, like, really pointing out that Kinley's, like, so young. And I, I keep on going, dude, Seven she's... Seven of them are 10. Yeah, so... Yeah, Brooklyn's 10, Dallas is 10, Emily was 10, Kinley's 10. I um, really think it's the fact that Tatum she's, was 10. It's because she's her small height, yeah. and Tiny T is 10, and so was Sadie. Okay, so, 
Yeah. They're all 10. They're all 10. Okay, so um, next we have, like, a confessional with um, Charity and Kaya, and they're, like, in their hotel room. Yeah, this part made me sad. I, I hate it when parents do this. It makes me so mad. But, yeah, they're in the hotel room, and um, it's Kaya on camera, and she was like, I had a pretty good day. Because, remember, during all of this mama drama, the girls were in the studio learning the dance. The dance, dance yeah. Um, and so Kaya's like, my mom told me that Kenley's mom said that I'm copying her. And I'm like, why would you tell your kid that and make her self-conscious? And add any drama in that classroom. Like, and I feel like Kaya already takes on so much of the drama, which makes her seem older than Kinley. Kinley yeah. just is like happy to be eating candy and minding her own business. Mm-hmm. But Kaya, because she's always compared to Kinley, already has that on her shoulders. So to add the drama and be like, oh, by the way, they think that you're copying Kinley, she doesn't need that. Like, yeah. it's completely unnecessary. I would not share that with my kid. I would, I would just gently try to... Um, redirect her with another style and then she said she made a comment where she was like um all hail queen kinley i mean it's the truth um and yeah maybe that wasn't meant in that way but the way it was edited it made it seem like it's like there's some serious jealousy there's a rivalry there jealousy and it was just like oh man because i i just don't think it was necessary no i feel like that was created by the mom or moms, at the yeah. very least. Yeah. Um, and it's a bummer. I think I think that Jess is concerned with their very similar looks and similar names um, was a fair one, and the moms took it as a threat. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. I mean, similar looks. They're both from California. Kaka. Yeah. Yeah. Kinley and Kaya. Oh, gosh. I literally didn't even think of that. Um, and then did you notice, okay, so this, so that was like super awkward. So we're like, I, yeah, in, in that moment, that kind of some like little, like the way it's edited, it looks like some bratty true colors. Yeah. And so I was uh, like, my mouth was kind of dropped open. Then it goes right. It flings right back into a scene at the studio and Jojo is working with Kaya and she's like, Kaya, um, do a turn here, like any your best for, your best turn, your favorite turn, and she she does a beautiful turn. It starts out really good, and then she kind of falls out of it. And Jojo's like, "Let's not do yeah. that." Okay, well, let's not do that. And you could see her face just drop because once again, like the pressure is on because she's constantly comparing herself to Kinley, and she's like, "Oh gosh, Kinley can do nothing wrong." But look at I just got yelled at by Jojo, and it was just like, "Ooh, okay, there is really something happening here." Yeah. But, I mean, she wasn't even, like, yelled at. She just was, like, Correct. we're not using that. Like, yeah. she corrected her. It was a little embarrassing. Like, if I was her, yeah. I would have been, like, Do I just messed that up. But I feel like if it was Kenley, she would have just been, like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or she, or I feel like Kenley even may have come back and been, like, well, what about this? And tried something else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, okay. And, okay, and then we find out that Kenley and Kaya were from the same studio. That they both have trained. So they're both highly trained kids mm-hmm. and um and Jess mentions also that you know they're they hold them to a higher standard because they're both you know competitive dancers from California like they're, well they're, they're elite competitive dancers they come from a pre-professional elite studio you know it's in South Orange County mm-hmm. um they're expecting a lot from them and I'm sure that there were 
at least 10 other girls from their studio that were considered for the show. I'm positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and these were the two that they ended up with. Um, in fact, I think there was a third. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I think there was already, like, before they even got to this show, there was already, like, a little bit of a rivalry. Because you know how it goes, having Ronnie in competition. Like, these two are always competing against each other. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing that Kenley probably often wins because it's the whole thing. Again, she is perceived as being younger, even uh-huh. though she's the same age. Yeah. She just looks younger. Yeah. Um. Okay, so they start they they're they're choreographing in the studio and they are doing the Sassy 7 and it's just not quite working. They're having a like the vibe in the room is weird. It's taking a long time. The moms are commenting they're like I feel like this is taking way longer than it's supposed to. Jojo keeps making comments where she's like you guys, I don't know what's going on with the energy. You're I'm so bored. Like I don't even know what's going on. This is a fun dance, but you guys, your energy is just horrible so I mean this happens a lot I've seen I've seen you say this to the kids Mm -hmm. before um they zone out sometimes and you're just like come on (laughs) like I've watched and been frustrated before yeah sometimes you just never know like you'll you'll be running a rehearsal and it's something that you could have run the last week and they were super excited and on fire for and then they run it again and it's just they either forget the choreography altogether or yeah. something or they're happens. they're not into it and they're not giving you any facial ex- expressions or energy. And I always, like, try, especially with my older kids. It's harder with the younger ones, but with my older kids, I always use that as an example of just how much your, like, the energy that you bring into the room for these rehearsals can, can it really does, like, affect so many of the people around you. And so... All you need is, like, one or two kids that are in a funk for whatever reason, and it could really throw off the whole room. And then on the same note, like, all you need is, like, a staff member to be in a funk, too, and that, like, Mm -hmm. can affect it, too. So, I don't know. It could have been JoJo's energy. It could have been something that happened before that. I feel like possibly that they were hinting at that the three dancers that were doing the two dances, their energy was a little bit off. They were a little tired. They were, you know, they've been doing two dances and I felt like they were kind of noting that too but the moms kind of start going at it as they're you know blinging away and um Angie once again with the 14 year old daughter is like I, you know I thought we weren't going to water down the routines anymore I thought we weren't going to do this and Angie. and once again um the mom comes in and she's like well my daughter is eight years old your daughter is 14 years old so yes I think she's probably a little bit more professional and able to hang in there but Let's give these kids a break and let them let her level come up a little bit, which was fair. And I thought Angie, she kind of shut up after that because it's true. It's like, dude, she's 14. Yeah. I mean, it just must be so hard to have that group of kids in there at such different levels, you know, because some of these kids, they, you know, they're like, we're going on a dance TV show. Like, they're ready to bring it. And then other kids, it's like, this is their big break. Like, they've never experienced anything like this before. And they're kind of crumbling under the pressure. Like, it's going to take them some time. Mm-hmm. So it's the whole, like, the two different extremes. Yeah. I just feel like that would be extra hard. So during all of this, um, the vocal coach shows up. Luke shows up. And um, he goes to the piano. And he, they start working with the kids um, to start um, singing. singing. And 
I really liked that he mentioned that he really wanted to connect their emotions to the singing and their life experience, all that. And then he wants to make sure that they understand the song, make it their own. Yeah, I, I liked all that. That was cool. He let them, he did an exercise where he let every single one of them pick their own emotion and they got to sing the section of the song that he wanted to hear. And so some of them picked like anger or sadness or happiness or excited. Um, and it was, it was really fun to watch it and to see them kind of like let loose and, you know, sure as luck, like the same thing that happens here is you have the kids who maybe aren't the strongest dancers who are the amazing singers and the kids who are not the strongest singers yet, um, are the stronger dancers. And so that's really interesting when you're trying to find a triple threat and you have like someone who the whole time like you've perceived as oh you know like they're not a technical dancer great and then they get into the vocal rounds and you're like oh but of course they're on the top of the list for singing so, yeah yeah how do you you know I, I often say like if I could just take this kid's singing chops and this kid's dancing chops and this kid's energy and acting and combine them like it would be perfect but that's that's their job that's what Jess and um Jojo are gonna have to do they're developing these triple threats and it doesn't I don't think it just happens 100% naturally straight out the gate yeah yeah but some of them were really good singers who who did you really like out of there um I really liked Brooklyn I thought she had a nice natural voice me too um and I'll be honest I, I I wasn't noticing Brooklyn a whole lot prior to that moment I wasn't like oh that Brooklyn kid you know um but I really liked her voice um, none of them are, I guess, like top of their singing game. They're all still learning as singers. Like there's, they still have a lot to learn vocally, but, um, when it comes to just that group, I really did think that Brooklyn was super strong. Um, who else did I think was really strong? Um, Kinley, she has, you know, it's not a super developed voice, but it, it'll, I mean, she could pass as a singer for any of the stuff that they would be doing. Like she definitely has that bubblegum type. Yeah. Voice. I, I kind of like, um, tiny T she kind of stayed true to like her yeah. look and she was a little more rockish with it. Mm-hmm. You know, like everyone else was kind of pop and she kind of, no, like, she kept the hip hop vibe. She like, like roared she totally her voice. Like, rah, rah, rah. like, I, I don't know. I, I was kind of into it. Um, and then, Oh, and I did think Kaya had a good voice too. Kaya, yes, she did. She had a nice voice. And um, I think I, Leah, Leah had a nice voice. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I do remember watching it and thinking, like, well, none of them were what I, I thought that they were looking for. Because, you know, I talked to the casting director in great length for this show. Okay, here's, um, a, here's a see you a scoop, everyone. Yes, see you a scoop. So I talked to the casting director for a long time about this show we actually had some little, I don't know, phone conversations. We went through videos of our kids um, to try to find some kids to submit for the show. And we did submit a few from our studio. But originally, they said that they were looking for kids that could sing. And then they were also looking for kids that could dance. And that it was a triple threat show. But um, my casting guy, Cameron, really made it seem like they really wanted, like, kind of, like, song, 
strong dancers and strong singers. And so we went through a lot of our strong singers and he's like, and can they dance? And I was like, yeah, they can dance. And then we went through some of our strong dancers, but our singers, like our stronger singers in our studio, I feel like could out sing any of these. So when it was all said and done, I really think that they were actually looking for strong dancers who can sing. Yeah. Because most of these girls, their strongest is probably dance. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, even Brooklyn, like I, I thought she had like a great singing voice. Like she's definitely new to singing from what I could tell. I'm she's 10. I'm not expecting all that much, but, um, but I think like dance is probably first for her. Yeah. So she's probably a singer first and then a dancer. I kind of liked that they, um, they also let us know that on the show, you know, they were like a lot of, um, in their confessionals were like, I'm really worried about like breathing and dancing and singing. And like, I've never done this. And the moms too, were like, you know, our kids were new to this. Like we are so new to this. I was kind of surprised that there wasn't one kid that was from a studio like ours. Yeah, where there's, there's no like flat, I guess Emily would have been the closest, but there's no flat out like musical theater kids that are. Yeah. It would just be interesting. They're like, Oh, and this kid holds a, triple threat award for, you know, like right. there's so many yeah. of them around here. You would think that there would be something. So that's interesting. Well, it's interesting too, because performance troops and like triple threat teams are not super popular. I mean, you've seen even at like nationals and stuff, they're not super popular around the nation. I think they're becoming more popular, but even in Southern California, there's not a lot of studios that do what we do. You mm-hmm. know, like I think it's us and center stage and Norris, but we're, we really work hard to train singers, dancers, and actors and kids that can do all three at the same time. And the way we train them is by having them sing and dance on stage in these production numbers. But I don't know that a lot of other studios Well, do and that. it's it's a lot of work. Like, I, I'm pretty sure that this will be Ronnie's last year being on two competitive teams because the reason people don't do it is because it's too much. It's like Ronnie is working four days a week to do both because she loves it. And that's literally the only reason it's working is because right. she loves it so much. She can't not do it. Yeah. So I, th- I think that the time commitment is a lot, but oh my gosh, you guys, if you, if your kid is interesting in singing and dancing, look for a program like Vanessa does because it is Ronnie loves it. And I, and a lot of people don't know it exists. It's so awesome. Yeah. You want to look for like a triple threat team or a vocal performance team, things like that. And if you're in Orange County, hit us up. You can look up dynamics.pt on Instagram and see what we do. We are nationally ranked. And just a quick plug, we're going to be representing Team USA at the World Championships of Performing Arts this summer. So that's super exciting. Yes. Um, But we have super, super talented kids, but we are not a technical dance studio. And so what I think they were looking for for this show was kids that do have some dance technique. And I love the fact that they did take Tiny T, even though she's a hip-hop dancer. Um, And they took kids like... Sadie, who's a baton trailer. Absolutely. I do love that they kind of like. And Lele, that's that. eight. And yeah, yeah just. And she's just kind of getting into all of it. She took some chances on people. And I, I think that's 100% is what is making this show interesting. I don't think it would be as interesting 
if we were seeing ring ringer dancers that were trying to do it all. It's yeah. it, the story. The other big part about this casting, though, was the moms because oh, okay. we had a few students that were, um, you know, kind of up for callbacks and things like that. And when the casting director called me back, he he really talked to me more about their moms than he did about them. And what was he looking for in the moms? Um, he he wanted. He wanted us to know that it wasn't going to be the same level of drama that was on Dance Moms, but he wanted moms that were comfortable in front of the camera. Um, He wanted moms that kind of knew the industry and knew what was going on, and he was looking for moms that were, you know, fun to work with. Mm -hmm. And so I think that he got a lot of those moms. Yeah. Yeah. but at the end of the day, I've learned in this industry, it does not matter how cool a person is or what a good mom they are. Um, there is something that happens inside of you when your kid is in this business and you see or feel that they are being overlooked or you feel like a threat to them. Like there's just this, this I mean, they don't call them momagers and um you know, mama bears for nothing. Like there's something that happens. And sometimes I feel like moms kind of lose sight in it. And I think there's a teeny tiny part of some of these moms. And you'll see in some of these episodes where they're living like super vicariously through these kids. Like they didn't get these opportunities. They would have died from these opportunities. I think some of these moms, was it Brooklyn's mom who said she was a dancer and she blew her knee? Yeah. And, and so, so she signed her daughter up for dance so she and her daughter up. saw she lit up on stage and was just thrilled that right. she could, yeah. You know, but I think, I mean, I, I was a performer and I performed professionally and now my daughter performs. Um, so there's always a little bit of us that's going to live vicariously through our kids. And, right. You know, give them opportunities that maybe we didn't have. But sometimes moms just lose it. They, they lose sight of everything and it becomes about things that, it shouldn't be about. And yeah. So I think that'll be the most interesting part to see with these casting decisions. I really, the, I really love the casting choices they made though, because I really like the moms. I feel like they, they did a great job of kind of picking moms at all different levels of the journey. You know, like, um, Angie, you know, her daughter's 14. She's been, you can tell, like you said, she looks like a pet. She seems like a pageant mom. She knows the drill. Yeah. And versus someone who has an eight year old daughter that is like, this is a little overwhelming. They did great. You know what and I There must be something about Angie and Leah that maybe we don't know about yet. Um, but there's something that they love about them because mm-hmm. that in the original call, like in the original casting call, it was not supposed to be up to 14. Oh, so okay. They were they were looking for like 12, 13-year-olds. And 13 was the max. I know because I have a 14-year-old daughter. Um, but they were really trying to keep it in that 7 to 12, 13-year-old age category. Yeah. And did we already talk about it on this show? But I think in episode 2 is when we find out that um, Leah has – what does she have? Spinal – Spina bifida. bifida. Yeah. I think that's yeah. in the next one. But um, still – we can talk about it now. No big deal. Yeah. So there's, I think there's, there's going to be more things like that that start to come out on each of these families, and we'll start to really figure out. And I think that why they, they were picked. Yeah, I think they picked them because you would never be, know. They're going to be awesome role models for tons of kids. Yeah, and that's what they were looking for. 
Yeah, I mean, I, that's what JoJo's mission statement is. The and other, she yeah, stays true to that. The other thing that I, I hope JoJo, I'm sorry, this if this comes off rude, but I feel like in the beginning of her, you know, of like boomerang and things like that, I wouldn't say that she was a singer and a, you know, like that she was a full like she was having fun. She did a music video, and now she's developed this crazy career in music and recording right. all this stuff, but. I also think that they chose to not pick, like, I mean, they could have picked singers if they wanted to, big time. And I think by picking kids that maybe don't have their voice yet was part of their plan as well. No, I mean, I think, listen, there's something to be said. We used to do it a lot in, you know, the 80s and 90s and early 2000s, but Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera, like, all those Disney kids and stuff, when you watch documentaries and... um, their producers start talking about them like they developed them and I think Jess and Jojo want to develop these stars they're not looking for somebody who's already a star I had every one of those documentaries I watched Christina Aguilera's freaking documentary like so many like all for behind the scenes like I I love that love it yeah side note do you know Christina Aguilera is so short yes I when I was working at Disney one time I um, kind of shooed her out of the exit of a of a line because I was like, this is the exit. And I didn't realize who she was. Um, and then somebody explained to me, like, that's Christina Aguilera. She can go in through the exit. And I was like, oh, she looked like a child. Like, she looked so little. Oh, my gosh. Um, I mean, she was, you know, at the time. She I, was accident- younger, but- I accidentally shooed Leanne Rimes out of Dukes in Huntington Beach. Oh, my goodness. Because I, I didn't know who she was. All those embarrassing moments. Yeah, so embarrassing. I kicked them out because her boyfriend at the time was wearing a tank top and it wasn't allowed in the dining room. Oh. So I, I was following the rules, but um, had I known that it was her, I would have bent the rules. Right. My, my bad. Of course. Chad is like very upset about that. Sorry, he, Leanne. He, he witnessed that, so my bad. Okay, so yeah, so there's a little scoop for you. Vanessa, yeah. Vanessa literally was part of the casting. Well, I mean, I wasn't part of the casting. I didn't get to make any of the decisions, but um, I did get to speak to casting uh, quite a bit about some of these decisions. And I like the the craziest lesson that I feel like I have learned in watching this show so far is social media matters. They found you on social media, right? Isn't that how they... Um, they found us on social media. They found my daughter on social media. So that... there was some hashtag that everyone was using. They found a few of our kids on social media. That's so and actually, big. actually, one of our kids, they really wanted her, and um, her mom said, no way. Nancy was not interested in being on the show. She she didn't want to have to leave work or her career right. to do this. And um, they called me back and said, is there any way you can talk her into it? And I was like, no. Um, but, yeah, we did have one kid who I feel like she would have been great on this show. Um, she would have. She would have had a great time. Um, but, yeah, they didn't. And then... I, the, the only reason why I could think that they passed up Ronnie is because she's too young. Yeah. They don't have anyone seven. Yeah. But. I, yeah. Ronnie's time is still going to come. I still oh, yeah. feel it for her. It's going to, and the more, yeah, that's. Ronnie what, Ray is going to be on one of these shows. That's why the more that she's training, like, I'm just, I'm so pleased of how much that she loves it because it's just like, she's just getting better and better. So. For sure. Um, okay. So. 
they I also love that as they as Jojo and her are talking, they're constantly saying to each other, like, we need to watch to see who we can't live without. Like we are not gonna cut someone that like we can't picture not being on our team. And I think that's a really good way to look at it because every single we're at the level where like I like all the kids. Yeah, me too. And to see some of them go is, you know, sucks. Yeah, they don't make any decisions on this show lightly. And I really appreciate that because it's very realistic to how a director feels. I mean, like, none of these decisions are made lightly. Like, if you truly love what you do and you love the kids that you work with, you're never going to make a decision or cut a kid out of a, a dance or a number or give somebody a solo without considering all of the other kids that it affects. Okay, see, now, without a show like this, I would have never known that. Like, as I'm not a director. I'm just a parent, one of your parents. So I don't know that you're thinking all those things every single time that that you put together a number. Like, I have no idea. Um, So that's so interesting that, um, you know, I I don't know. I just never thought of that. Yeah, it's a very emotional job like it's, it's it's a lot to consider and I was telling the kids the other day at rehearsal oftentimes like I could cast 10 to 12 kids in one role like I have that many kids that are talented enough and so it's very rarely about talent it's uh, there's so many different things to consider yeah um and so yeah, for me, it's always a very emotional decision because I know how it affects the other kids. And I know that sometimes it sends messages to other kids and feeds into their insecurities. And I don't want that. And so um, I appreciate that Jess and Jojo are so thoughtful and mindful of these young kids' careers and how their decisions could potentially affect their careers later on down the line, you know, like, I feel like they're being really careful with these, these little kids, like, yeah, and and how they're shaping them. I feel the same way. I don't feel, yeah, I, 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 it feels very kind. Um, okay. So we go to the competition and they're going to Starbound. Wasn't this on our list last year? Yeah. Starbound, a couple of these got canceled, you know, this, it was a rough year. So Um, many of them got canceled, like last minute, like like a week before the competition. So, um, but I had, every time the curtain is down and then it lifts for them, like, I just have to, like, LOL, because that that, doesn't happen. (laughs) No, that is, you know, and obviously, they're filming a show, so they have to do what they have to do, and even for the awards, how, like, the kids are in front and, like, perfectly, you know, up there is funny, too. Yeah. Um, okay, but basically, they, they do their routines, um, the Sassy Seven, was okay. Um, it was a little rough. It was a little rough. Lele did her back handspring behind the prop, which was, they pointed that out, like, during it. And at first I was like, oh, like, I, I don't know. I might have made that decision, too, as a performer. Like, it looked a little tight where she had to go. Yeah. But then later Jess kind of clarifies, and she's like, you made that choice, but even if you could have done a couple more, like, so it did show on stage, if you could have just, you know, and and that's true. But again, she's young, man. She's eight. So to have her... She doesn't have the experience to know that. No, it all of the adrenaline that's running through her body in that minute, you know, like, and it's not even like our kids who are going out to competition and they don't want to let, like, they don't want to let the director down or their parents down or their team down. And they really just want to go out there and have fun. You know, that's what we say it's all about. And you know, if you get a trophy in the end, that's great. 
But it's not even that. Like these kids also have the extra pressure of, oh, by the way, if you can't cut it, like you could be cut at the end of this day. Like that's so much pressure. And and that's on all of their minds because they're they're always talking about it. Um, um, The Fab Five were great. So basically JoJo and Jesse, like they're super proud. Um, They talk about the people who kind of, um, they said Tiny T pulled focus in a good way. Yeah. Um, love when that happens. I, I love love watching performances where like you suddenly watch a kid that you didn't notice before and you're like, what the heck? Like when they're just like real into it. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You didn't do that before. Um, so the first thing that she kind of announces, she's like, Kenley, you're safe. Oh, Kaya messed up again. Kaya and, um, Kenley kind of ran into each other. And so um, Jess says something super nice to Kinley again. She's like, Kinley, like, you always come through, da-da-da. Well, Kaya starts crying. Yeah. And um, and she's like, I know I'm not as good as Kinley, and I'll work on it. And Jess just says, like, thank you. And, I, I, like, I, I, like, literally yelled, like, eek! Like, it was so well, uncomfortable. because they had started the elimination. So they had sent – I think they sent Kaya back. They said she was safe. They sent all these kids that were safe. Yeah. So, I mean, Kinley. Kinley, yeah. So then Kaya knew that she's on the bottom again. She was on the bottom. And I think that's why she started crying. And I mean, that's what you want to hear. Like, you want to hear, like, I know I made some mistakes. I know I can do better than that. And I'm going to work on it. Um, I wish she would have just said that and not compared herself to Kinley. But I think. I think the thank you was more in response to her saying, like, I know I can do I can better, do better. And I'm going to work on it. And that she said something. You yeah. know, she was on, she was Kenley just part. like, yes, yeah. But it was just like no, so it, it was bad. uncomfortable. It was, yeah. Ugh. Um, I hate that they And she straight up said, she's that. like, I don't think you delivered, Kaya. Like, she said it. Um, and then she kind of corrected Lele on her back handspring and said that, you know, she wished that she would have made a different choice there. And in the end, she said, I wish that I had um, more time with both of you. Um, and then she said goodbye to Lele. Yeah. Lele. Poor Lele. She made a lot of mistakes, though. She was kind of a mess. I think, like, the adrenaline just got to her. But, um, Yeah. That kid is gorgeous. You're going to see her on, like, magazine covers. I loved the way – so I was a little worried of how her mom was going to handle it because she was vocal this whole episode about, you know, one, you know, that her daughter is only eight. And da, da, da. I, I wasn't sure what she was going to say. Oh, but I feel like she's I, been so mellow the whole time, though. I loved the way she handled yeah. it. She was like, we are going to support you guys the whole time. We want to come to all the concerts. Yeah. And I thought, that is very smart to stay connected that way. Mm-hmm. Like, that is – much smarter than some of the other people have done already. So, um, yeah. Um, so then Kaya runs out, like, and so everyone realizes that Lele is the one who has been dismissed, and they literally zoom in on Kinley's mom's face, like, because she's like that she's back. You know what I yeah. mean? So it's like the it's not over yet. Yeah. Um, and that was episode two. So. Episode three, it's like, what's going to happen yeah, with this whole so Kinley so Kaya good. thing? Like, what's the next thing they're going to do? So, I guess we'll see. Yeah. So, we hope you guys are enjoying these episodes. Please email us. We would love, love to hear from you. Um, our email is um, thecwascoop at gmail.com. And um, hit us up. We'd love to hear from you. Like we said, let us know you're listening, please, because we're brand new. 
with this podcast and can't wait to connect with you guys. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Come back. Yes. Bye.